Hi everybody, thanks for joining us today. We're so delighted to have Emma Lynch on board. Emma, thanks for coming on. You're welcome, thanks for having me. Perfect. So Emma's a mom of two, so hopefully a wealth of, I'm sure, realistic and practical experience and also is involved in the positive psychology and coaching space. So any kind of tips and tricks around how we mentally prepare uh, for day to day logistics, how a student can prepare and how we can kind of navigate through our, our days and week, maybe in a little bit of a better mindset. So maybe, Emma, you want to maybe start off with giving us a little bit of background or a little bit of overview as to what you do now. And, and the space that you're involved in. Okay, yeah, I will, of course. So I am predominantly a career and life coach, um, but I am also a positive psychology practitioner and I work with organizations um, to facilitate well-being workshops in the areas of positive, uh, positive psychology and well-being. Um, one of the kind of predominant areas I, I talk about and I work with both organizations and my one-to-one clients on is this concept of mental fitness um, and and just in case anyone isn't really familiar with the term it basically mental fitness refers to our overall state of mental health and well-being um, which is a, basically it's our ability to cope with and manage life such as the stress and anxiety and other challenges that might come up you see yeah, and I suppose it's such a broad topic, really, isn't it, mm. Emma? You know, it affects everybody in, in lots of different ways and it can have, you know, can resonate at particular life transitions or, or stages and changing. And maybe around the student piece first, because that might mm. be a, a good area to, to kind of dive into. How do you think best we can maybe help students as a practitioner basis or what practical tips for students can they use to, to help maybe harness more of this mental fitness? Yeah, it's it essentially kind of comes under kind of four key areas, um, which are predominantly around strength, our endurance, flexibility and relationships as well. And um, the best way I can kind of explain the, the kind of metaphor for mental fitness is if you think about walking up a steep hill, so if you weren't physically fit, was your heart pumping, were your muscles sore afterwards? But if you exchange that steep hill for a challenge in life, or if you're you're not mentally fit and struggling, you're always going to feel this great impact of challenges on your mental health. So particularly at this time of year for students who maybe have upcoming exams, they've been studying hard all year, and it's now that that potentially could start to impact them as well. Um, so it's all about trying to incorporate sort of small daily things in, into their lives while they're prepping for their exams as well to try and help build up that, that mental fitness. It's a bit like a muscle in some ways. So there's a lot of um, you can draw a lot of similarities between physical fitness as well in that you kind of go to the gym or you work out every week just to keep that muscle strong and mental fitness is the same. So, you know, if I give you an example, first of all, of character strengths, okay? These are our core positive qualities that really reflect our identity, our values and so on. But these are the things that when we use them, they give us a sense of energy, fulfillment, and we feel really good when we do them. So to uh, kind of give an example of a few character strengths, because it's important to kind of define 
these are not talents, they're not skills. These are things that make you, you. So things like creativity, curiosity, they would all be examples of character strengths. So, you know, perhaps some people listening might have their study timetable out and might be very strong in creativity, for example. Um, And then it's about, okay, well, I have to study. How can I use creativity in that studying? Perhaps it's realizing that maybe you're quite a visual person and getting your highlighters out and your sticky notes and putting them around in your studying will give you a sense of more enjoyment and more flow and suddenly your study starts to become a little bit easier as well. Um, this It's really about focusing on our strengths uh, because they're what's going well. They come easily to us and they the more you can focus on them and bring them on, the better it will impact on your well-being versus the way that say our brains are wired to always think of the negative. So when, you know, potentially you're looking at what you're studying at the moment, you might be like, oh, I'm not great at maths and I'm not great at this. And this is getting you to kind of reframe your thinking and go, well, actually, I have all these great skills. If I can use them in other areas where perhaps I'm not as strong, that will really help um, and develop things as well. Yeah, it's such a great point on that, Emma, about, you know, we have kind of our bandwidth or our tool belt of of skills and and useful resources. And then sometimes we don't always apply them or use them in maybe the best setting or the best sector that they're they're needed in. In that exam piece, as you mentioned, Mm. there's trying to apply, you know, what we know already to maybe a subject or to an exam environment Mm. so that the student becomes more equipped to be able to study and then obviously produce the information in an exam setting and from a parents piece MS because obviously that's you know ever encompassing and an all all experiencing journey mm-hmm. you know for them in a, in a household with a student that you know is doing exams or isn't doing exams and day-to-day let's say homework and and other logistics what kind of tips and suggestions would you think from, from your experience and then from let's say a practical basis would you like to give to them so there's also uh, an element when you when you talk about mental fitness of the mind um, and and it kind of starts at the very top level of bringing in the, the area of kind of mindfulness, meditation, that kind of thing that obviously the science is there to, to show the benefits of that practice. But from a, I suppose, a realistic time point of view, and also if you're dealing with teenagers at times, they're not they don't want to sit there and, and do any mindfulness practice for 10 minutes, but it's encouraging them to be in the present moment. So one of the techniques like I would love to be able to meditate, you know, more often than I do, I, I find it really, really hard. But one thing I engage and I, I get my children to do is mindful moments. And it's just a moment during the day where you just spend a bit of time being in the present moment, not worrying about the future, the exams or whatever is coming up. Like the one particular tool I use um, on the school run in the mornings, I'd be very bad now for thinking about whether I've locked the door. You know, you're trying to get the kids out and things like that. But actually there's a tool whereby, you know, when you close the door, you put in the key, you feel the key in the lock. You notice if the hands are cold or hot or how it's feeling. You notice your wrist as you turn the key. And by just doing those small things, you then leave and realize that you're in the present moment, but also mm-hmm. that you have locked the door. And it's not giving you sort of um, 
it's not taken any more time than it would have done anyway. But those kind of daily practices, just stopping, using the five senses, just engage yourself where you are and breathe in that moment. Um, another big area, and it's it's not just with children, it's with adults that I work with that I discuss an awful lot, is the phone. Um, the phone, like the technology has been amazing over the years, but we are in a stage of life where the the phone is distracting us. It's been deliberately designed to do so. Um, it's affecting our attention. So I'd often say to even to adults alone, um, when was the last time you read a magazine article without picking up your phone? And that's impacting on all of us at the moment. And I'm definitely not suggesting we go back to the flip phone or anything like that. But we are at very much a space where we need to look at our relationships with our phones. And that starts with the adult, uh, very much so in terms of going, OK, doesn't the phone control me or am I controlling my phone? There's a great book out there called um, How to Break Up with Your Phone um, by Catherine Price. But she talks a lot about this and particularly frightens you with the design of the phone a little bit as well. But a great tip is to put a hairband or an elastic band around your mobile phone. And you can encourage your, your um, teenagers to do this as well. So every time you pick up the phone and the habit was probably scrolling, you actually look at your phone and go, okay, why, why do I have an elastic band around my phone? And it makes you think, well, actually, yeah, I was going to call so-and-so or no, I actually just picked it up just to browse on my phone. And that is a great one just to just kind of focus on where you are. A lot of other um, tools in relation to the phone is having a family um, screen-free day. Um, but I think particularly as we go into exam times and things like that would be really important. It's no good telling the kids to lock the phone away in a press or whatever if you're there with your phone as well. So agreeing of a Sunday, everyone puts their phones away and having that just to re help reset and build um, the minds for the week ahead, particularly when there's so much studying and exams going on as well. Because of the, the way phones are, they distract us from our relationships. Uh, relationships are one of the key pieces here as well. You know, where, where um, children are and perhaps at home more studying, they're not getting out with their friends. That piece really impacts as well. And about helping ourselves and our children to understand who our best relationships are with. The people that bring us up, they lift us up, they light us up. They don't bring us down. So if you can visibly notice that your child come home from, from meeting someone and they're down, talking to them about that and saying, you know, is that the best use of your time? You know, when you see such and such a person, you come back on a high, your energy is good. Um, and that applies for all of us as well. And um, relationships are such a huge determinant of our overall well-being and our overall mental fitness too. Um, Resilience is the other area I know it's talked about an awful lot um, and at the moment in general. There, there are kind of these three aspects to resilience, though, which a lot of people don't really become aware of or think of. It's the, the concept of being able to stand strong when facing the challenge, uh, bounce back um, when the challenge or the adversity comes, and also then reconfiguring. So um, after that challenge, if... Um, you look a little bit different that's okay it's what you've learned and grown from that situation too 
So when I'm coaching with one-to-one clients, I, I use a tool called the resilience plan. Um, and I get them to develop a plan to help them um, for future adversity. And one of the things about positive psychology, it's not just about the positive, but it's also about learning from the challenges, from the adversity, and taking the time to do that. We're in this busy, busy world, and like we get hit by challenges and we just move on. Whereas actually it's about just pausing just for a moment, just to go, okay, what has this taught me? So by working on um, something called a resilience plan, it's looking at potentially you could get your, your young person to look at when they did the mocks. Um, and go through the mocks and go, okay, what supported you? What relationships helped you when you were going through um, your mock exams? Getting them to, to kind of note that down and go, you know, such and such works, you help me mom, et cetera. Getting them then to look at the strategies and go, okay, well, this particular way of learning and revising has helped me. Um, this didn't help me. Actually, you taking my phone for a few hours really helped me and getting them to identify those things. And then looking at solutions, ways forward when you're in this period or of a challenge. And then finally, something called Saga City. So it's words, motivation, songs, whatever it might be that really just keep you going and give you the hope and comfort. So by doing that and looking back at the last kind of period of adversity they went through, but they then create this plan for the next challenge or when they're right in the middle of the next um, period of exams. They can look at and go, actually, my playlist from Spotify that I created last time is going to keep me going. Um, I need to make sure that you take my phone for a period of time. Um, I need to hang out with this friend once a week just to keep me good. And they have a plan of how they're going to keep their, their resilience strong particularly when they're they're going through a challenging period. So much in there, Emma. Yeah. <laughs> it just kept That's going. Amazing. <laughs> Thank you for all of those amazing suggestions. I go to the door, knocking the door, the the um, elastic bands at the phone. Yeah, all of some amazing, you know, very practical, easy to implement mm-hmm. tips and tools not majorly cost effective or you know or anything like that so very very quick and easy to trial and implement and see do they work you know from a household basis or for a student that that may be having you know difficulties in in other areas and then last I suppose Emma from maybe a teacher perspective any things that you think would be you know beneficial or practical for them with obviously dealing with so many students you know in a group environment in a classroom environment at the one time anything that that might be useful um from from their side I think it, it's really um for themselves just to be aware of there are lots and lots of different tools out there and there is the thing where you're looking on social media and you go okay in the classroom I should be doing this and I should be doing this and I should be doing this but there isn't a one size fits all approach to this and um, it's definitely about getting back to the basics by okay I can, you know, if I'm looking at from a child perspective, I can see they have a really good strength. When I do this with them, they are brilliant. So how can I help and assist them and support them in other areas by drawing upon that strength as well? And helping them again with things like relationships. It's very hard, um, you know, at this time of year when they do disconnect a little bit to, um, to see how that, 
can impact and how you can get them back together and, and build on those relationships a little bit more over particularly over the coming weeks but as an educator themselves this time of year is so hard because it's been a long school year and it's the final kind of push as well and it's a bit like I use the analogy of a Jenga tower okay and like as the year goes on you're pulling bricks for this knocks you and this knocks you and you can't you can't keep your tower going but what can you do on a daily basis it just helps you just just a little bit with your mental fitness um you don't have to be going out running 10 keys or, or doing anything like this it's okay and I have a mindful moment in my day could I even engage my class in that mindful moment to ensure that I do it as well um that just to give an example and also to get them to have a think about their relationships from in their with their colleagues as well um, in terms of when they're in the uh, when they do get time in the break room and things, who are those colleagues that lift them up, encourage them, and support them that they can spend more time with, as opposed to potentially those that might be a little bit more negative and a bit um, more um, I suppose struggling more than they are that could potentially bring them down. So it's just I think the key is you don't need to do everything if you're looking at social media and go. I should be getting up at five o'clock in the morning to journal, to do my yoga, to do all this, just really practical, small things. And definitely um, go back to the relationship with your phone, because if your your Jenga towers get a bit wobbly with all those um, blocks coming out, um, sometimes it can lead to a lot of excessive use with the phone. And if you can withdraw that a little bit, um, it, it can help. There's great screen time tools give you a report every Monday of you know how you're doing have you used more or less than the week before and that's often a good place to start too. Yeah that's so great Emma thank you yeah I suppose as you mentioned there the Jenga tower and you know teachers and, and parents and students you know any time of the year really so it, it fades away a little um, so that's fabulous thank you so much for all your suggestions it's been lovely having you on any of your listeners obviously if you have any questions feel free obviously to to drop it in the comments or email us directly we do have an upcoming free booklet that can be accessed on our website at www.blossomforlife.com it has a lot of well-being tips suggestions nutrition advice and an exam and homework and, and practical tips and bases so we look forward to hearing from you soon and emma thanks so much for joining us today you're very welcome thank you for having me thank you